Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the latest Record Celtic podcast. I'm Graeme Young and today I'm joined by Michael Gannon and Gordon Parts. We look over the controversial Dubai trap, the positive test that followed, and the wretched one-each draw with Hibs. The Celtic endured one of the darkest days in recent memory. Obviously, today we can't be joined by Chris Sutton, but I'm sure Pat can fill us in with plenty of no-holds-bad uh, no views, so uh, supporters won't be left disappointed on the biggest issue. How are you, Ben? Michael, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're all right, we're all right, youngie. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> lockdown, lockdown diet has started uh, officially, so we're all right. Yeah, we're good. So we're all good, uh, but Celtic certainly aren't. Uh, been the Dubai trap for the get go. The optics weren't great, guys. Uh, last Saturday, obviously, Lennon, Neil Lennon kind of uh, bristled at suggestions that it should happen. Things quickly went downhill. Pictures, images coming across from it, then. Itself, the players and manager come back in a positive test. Christopher Julian, 13 players and three staff forced into isolation. Uh, and then last night's one each draw with Hibs. It's been a sorry season for Celtic. And the events of the last 48 hours have just added to that. Mick, take us through your thoughts on the trip itself, and, uh, uh, the positive test, and uh, the event of last night in the game, and the fact that Neil Lennon and John Kennedy weren't there. What, what's your thoughts? Well, every every time you think Celtic have kind of maxed out on the nonsense this season, they seem to take, take another lurch into into madness. I think um, this this Dubai trip. Listen, the Dubai trip looked risky before they even went. I think it was the week they were, the week they went. The situation in Scotland had changed drastically from back in November when they booked it up. Um, and it's not like this is this is like hindsight and people saying, "Oh, well, we shouldn't have went to Dubai." I think at the time. People were thinking this looks a bit risky in the circumstances. Um, taking your your, your so called elite sports bubble out of the country to a country where it's not doing that great either with this the virus. Likewise with Scotland, in fairness. But it looked it looked risky. The pictures emerged of the kind of poolside stuff. And listen, by the way, that I mean they're allowed they're allowed some downtime. Whether or not they were distancing properly or not, that's another issue. You think it didn't look the optics of it is that's the kind of PR phrase, isn't it? When uses the optics didn't look very good. Uh, the, the, the perception was terrible the back of an old firm game 19 points behind getting lots of losing an old firm game 19 points behind then going to Dubai and then pitches by the pool with a beer looks terrible regardless if it's right or wrong it looks terrible and there's always this kind of worry that this, this, there's something could happen out there and it's um, and so it transpires they come back get tested and Christopher Julien posts uh, positive Again, this is a guy's on crutches. You think, why is he? Why is he even out there? I mean, he's, he can't play for four months, and the club are saying that it's because he was getting his treatment, not stuff. Well, he tell me there's no physios or, or masseurs or, or doctors back in Scotland. I mean, it's, it seems a bit daft to me to have him out there, and obviously as well the fact that he's one who's in the treatment room out there. 
deal with medical staff who will deal with all the players. So that's another link up that potentially causes problems. But you end up with 13 players in isolation, including the management staff. It's actually beyond parody now. It's ridiculous. I think I called it. I think I called it a clown car rally last night in my new match sport from last from last night. Then they come back. The team's decimated, um, and the, and they draw one each again. Defensive frailties have been the same case all season. Exposed. And just puts a tin hat on a on a dreadful week and a miserable season for Celtic. It's been one thing after another. It seems that they can't do right for wrong. Everywhere they turn, they turn they take a wrong turn, hit a cul-de-sac. They've been I think the Dubai trip reminded me of Wiley Coyote running off a cliff and waving and smiling and you're you're shouting at them, there's no there's no more cliff left, you're only going at the canyon. And sure enough, they they crashed the bottom of the canyon this week and it's now oh what a mess they're in now. Um and the season is pretty much down the drain, to be honest. Parts How's that? <laughs> I think you've nailed it, but parts of you, anything to add? Is there any of your own thoughts? That- no, when you listen to Mick running through the whole chain of events and the the omni shambles that it became, it is an ever decreasing um, state of disarray and bad decision making, and also arrogance and failure to accept any kind of culpability behind it. When you listen to Mick run through the whole thing, you realise. The fault lies with the decision makers and the people not being able to read the room properly. And I think there's also an element that there's a kind of hell mend them approach to go to Dubai because they thought, even after, especially maybe after the defeat to Rangers, that it'd be an opportunity to do as they've done in previous seasons. So everything was driven by the football. Common sense went out the window. This pursuit of 10, which is now falling apart, is um, clouded judgment. And I think it's a. Uh, it's time for Celtic to put a hand up and just face up. That brings me on nicely uh, to the statement yesterday. I think the opinion people talk about things like the ban for years and Rangers. Someone joked last night to the scoreboard that Celtic crammed it into one season. Uh, rather yeah. than, uh, but the, the one thing, yes, I think a lot... Of, and to be fair, the, the strongest critics at Celtic right now seem people... <laughs> Celtic supporters, Celtic pundit, that type. There's a feeling yesterday's statement was... Um, and the deer in a, a terrible season for the club and the lack of understanding of the main aspect here. And that you can talk about um, all the different parts that make up with Omni Shambles and the, the way Wiley and Coyote and the, 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 uh, the descriptions. But the fact is that Celtic taking all these players away put themselves in such a high risk of a, a positive test, which obviously would happen in terms of Julian. You would put yourself with so many players out of the game in terms of fight fan. You look at John Kennedy uh, railing against it on Saturday. He's making this point about, oh, we couldn't have done the work here in Scotland. Like, as if like you can't clear a bit of snow at Lennox Town. But the fact that Celtic A put themselves in such a disadvantage is they got it wrong, which they did in terms of positive test returning. And then it not have the foresight to address that in the statement. And still here we are um, hours or the, the day after. Is that the biggest surprise to you, Mick, that even by the nature of the club, they have to be strong and kind of put a, a message out there, but the lack of accountability, was that a surprise to you? In that? Well, no, no, because you've got to be sensible, because if they come back and say, yeah, we made a mess of it, we, we shouldn't have went, we weren't social distancing, we made a mistake, we're sorry. What's the next course of action? It's like hand yourself in a police station. The SFA would, or um, SPFL would come down and say, right, there's punishment stitch out then because you're, you're admitting yourself that it was wrong. So you can be, you're wide open to getting, to getting sanctioned. I think, this is, I think there's, there's more to it in this case. It's not like we've... I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I'm being a bit facetious. I know what you mean. But... I don't think, that way, I don't think you can ever... 
address that again? Like you get one chance to hold your hands up. Yeah, I think I think I think I mean Gavin Strachan was asked last night, do you regret going to Dubai? He said, No, I just regret getting the COVID case. But you don't get the COVID case in those circumstances without going to Dubai because the, the argument Celtic are saying is that could happen in Scotland. Yeah, you could get a case in Scotland and they still could get more cases in Scotland, but you're not going to be on a plane for seven hours with a squad or, or a certain team buses and all that stuff going to and from training and to the airport. All the things that were, were flagged up on the on the, the contact tracing afterwards. So it, it has put unnecessary risk into a, a squad that you wouldn't have had a normal training week at Lennox Town. So that, that doesn't stand up. So yeah, I, get, I, I take that point that it might have been a case of saying, right, hands up. We've, we've made a mistake here. We've, we've, we, the decision when we, went, when we we opted to book it in November, the landscape was different. Even the week before they went, the landscape wasn't quite as severe as it was well or away. Because remember, well or away, the kind of lockdowns came in and, and then various restrictions came in over there. Um, so they, they could say, listen, we, we misjudged it. We, we didn't. We, we, in hindsight, we shouldn't have went. But Football clubs, whether it's Celtic or anyone, very rarely hold their hands up and say, "Yeah, we made a pig's ear of it, do they?" I mean, it's not something they tend to do. It's the kind of, um, it's um, once they get, once they make a decision to try and stick to it as long as they can. I think they have to be careful and just leave themselves wide open to, to kind of problems. All the SFA have said they're looking at it again now, um, so they have to tread careful a wee bit. That's, that, um, that's the point. Mate. That's hang it. on a second, though. Hang on a second. What troubles me greatly is the lack of appreciation for where we are in this country, and not just this country, across the globe, how other people are living their lives, how Celtic fans, who they, 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 their, their priority to satisfy should be paramount, how these people aren't able to visit relatives, mums and dads, the whole way people are living just now to actually go into the arrogance to try and argue their way out of this. Do you not think that's really troubling them? I do. I get. I get that. I get that. And I also get the frustration that, that, that fans who can't get to games, a lot of them. I mean, I mean, thousands upon thousands of have spent a lot of money on these virtual season tickets because they can't get to the game. Um, so I mean, they're spending a, a fortunes just to watch on the telly, and they're not getting value for money. That's for sure. Uh, so and I get that, and they're stuck in the house, and we're all we're all in the same boat. I get that, that frustration, and that and Celtic are like a lightning rod for that just now. It's, it's understandable. But likewise, I mean, by even by by playing games week in week out, football clubs are different to every way, every way of life. They are, in theory, given us something to occupy ourselves with, something to watch every week, something to discuss with each other, or pals on WhatsApp and online and all that stuff. It's it's a distraction from the the kind of continual misery that we're in, and that's why football has been given dispensation. I mean, these guys are. I say not to get too dramatic, but they're putting themselves in harm's way, I guess. I mean, they're, they're mixing in, in environments that maybe the other people aren't mixing. Hang on, it's for the entertainment purposes. It's in the worst possible taste. Even if Celtic were ten points clear at the top, no, I get that part. But what I'm saying, what I'm trying to explain yeah. to you is why. Why? Let's call it what it was. It was a sunshine break. No, but performance-related nonsense. Having played the game and been away in pre-season trips and close-season trips, it's a break. Right, they went for a sunshine break. Apart from maybe for maybe for you and you and your enemies for on trips. Durham, we went to Durham. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> club thirty in Durham. Wait, listen, I take your point. I take your point. I understand it, but I think you got to separate us regular muggles walking about the street and locked up and all that stuff. Take the elite sport. Elite sport is different, and it's and they are providing a a, a purpose and a, a distraction for everyone. 
that said, I still don't agree with them going to Dubai. That's not the same thing. I'm talking about in general, the, the operation, the fact that they're, they're, they're in business still means that they're different to the um, the regular run-of-mill people because they are, they are getting tested twice a week as well. So it is slightly different. But they are they are putting on a, a show for everyone, albeit Celtic aren't putting on a very good show just now. This is a yeah. slapstick kind of comedy show. Yeah. Um, but I, I get, listen, nobody's, nobody's arguing about the Dubai trip. The Dubai trip was ill-advised and ill-fated. Um, but in general, I think they shouldn't be kicking football too much when they're, they're, they are doing their best to keep going. Um, I, I, as I say, albeit that this Dubai trip probably hasn't helped that matter either. So in terms of that, actually, you kind of touched upon one of my next points there, Mick. Uh, obviously, yesterday, it all happened kind of a high noon kind of bit of drama yesterday. The results are said to come in at the same time. Uh, the three-week um, fire break for Scottish, the lower leagues below the championship. Um, and obviously, with these type of things, conspiracy theories quickly fly. And Stenhouse Muirchin made the point that uh, the teams below the championship are martyrs for Celtic's uh, behaviour. Um, what's your thoughts on that, gents? Do you think there's... Straight away, straight away, I have to say that, um, again, let's tell the truth. We're, the virus is spreading at such a rate that we're not allowed to leave the house unless we've got essential shopping. We can't go and visit relatives. Lower league clubs in Scotland are not economic drivers for anything. They're hand-to-mouth clubs. Amy McMenamin's got a lot to say about a lot of things, but he has to grasp the fact that lower league clubs are dead weight at the moment. They're struggling. A lot of them will be relieved to get a three-week break because they're struggling to function. Virus is just as prevalent at lower league clubs as it is within society, and they are struggling to operate in any kind of bubble. Now, I'm sorry to say, but even the first, the former first minister Henry McLeish's conspiracy theory comments to use words like martyrs is utter nonsense. This is an SPFL season which is in danger of drowning, sinking. Got to shut the lower decks quickly <coughs> with two top tiers which economically drive the rest of the game. It's common sense and the right decision. Conspiracy theories are not helpful. And these people, Ian is a guy who's in charge of a club that should know better. But to cry conspiracy theory is dangerous. What do you think, Mick? Do you go along with that? Hey, to an extent, I, I, surprisingly, I, 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 I do, I think. I, I can't see how football can function on a semi-pro pro, pro basis in, in the kind of short to medium term. I don't, I don't see how... I don't I don't know how they managed to get back up and running again, to be perfectly honest with you, without these handouts they've been getting. Because, uh, I mean, it's, it's it's hard enough at the top end of the chain uh, and the bottom. I, I, I don't think they should... I, I don't see the season even... I think the season's in great danger of, of, of collapsing, like Parsi said. It's, it depends on the next two or three weeks how this, how this lockdown goes. Um... But I fear, I fear for the kind of lower leagues and, and non-leagues, to be honest with you, because I can't see any easy way out for it. I mean, hopefully this vaccine starts getting ramped up and that might let them get some kind of season, maybe another round of fixtures, and they play two rounds of fixtures or something to get them a, some sort of structural season. But whether or not, whether the decision that Celtic's behaviour has caused this, I, I doubt. I think it's, it's government-led. I mean, the government are absolutely flapping. And now, I know they see they're talking about shutting takeaways and all that kind of stuff, which um, it might help my lockdown diet right enough. Um but it's to see, as, as Patsy said, I don't think that the government really want to bother with football too much. I think football is getting in the way sometimes. I think they're getting fed up having to answer questions about football because there's there's, there's bigger issues at play here. Uh, and football seems to kind of, because it's a national obsession, seems to nudge its way onto the agenda on a kind of daily basis. Um, 
But Mike, I, Mike, sorry to stop you there. Were you embarrassed yesterday when you were listening to Nicholas Sturgeon talking about Celtic again? Were you embarrassed? I mean, you saying we should wait to end of a tether and saying why am I bothering focus? People are dying. I wasn't embarrassed, but let's take away take away the fact that it's football, right? Say that say that the Glasgow Celtic run a sausage factory or something or a, a pie shop, right? And they get one COVID case and sixteen isolation. Is it a big deal with the pie industry get shut down? No, it wouldn't. It's one it's one company who's had a, a COVID case. Uh, and uh, and guys in isolation. That happens at every company. It's happened at countless places that are still operational. Unfortunately, in the current circumstances, it's going to happen more in the next two or three weeks, probably. So it's it's exponential, isn't it? It's 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 um it's it's raised to the kind of na- national consciousness because it is a a, a big um, Scottish sporting obsession. Morally, it's, it's, it's not. It's, right. it's, it's to not. Me, to me, it's morally mortifying that so much time has been spent on this matter. When people are getting hospitalised and worried about loved ones and not being able to, all their liberties are being restricted to a degree that we're discussing. Celtics should they or shouldn't they go into? Yeah, anybody? but what it does, what it does for the, for it also these kind of things does give politicians an easy win because what they do is they're under pressure about schools getting shut or lockdowns or, or mask wearing or, or vaccination rates and all that stuff. What it gives them is a chance to boot football and get a headline. That's what it does. It gives them an opportunity to, to deflect onto. A different issue because football is so polarising and everyone in Scotland's got an opinion about football it's an easy one for them and they've done it time and time again they're, they're, they've taken advantage of, of football and kind of um, missteps to create a political headline and it deflects away from the major issues and I think you're right it's, it's wrong um, because any other industry is treated differently and, and again at the same time football is a handy thing for, for the government because it is a big distraction I mean Listen, we, we, we all are obsessed with football. We watch it. We talk about it. We, we argue with our pals about it. We do. There's a million podcasts about it. It's people are um, distracted by it and enjoy it. Even when it's going badly, you can you can enjoy it because it's something to talk about. So if it, listen, let's not kick football about. I mean, I, I, I actually actually ask the politicians. Let's not kick the football. Let's be careful when you start picking on us because because we we are given as I say we everyone involved in football is giving the country something to do. So I, I would I would be wary of politicians getting involved in all that stuff because they're, they're opportunists by nature and they've certainly taken opportunities to come to the football. So I think that takes us nicely, Mick, for the events up until the game. But before the match itself, um, there was that feeling as well, Celtic fans digesting, I think. Uh, maybe a word for Andy Walker last night who, someone I've made this point, I think, before that you, some people always preempt with, I don't normally agree with Andy Walker uh, but quite a lot of times they seem to do agree with him and I thought last night um, a guy who obviously adores the club, an ex-player, a pundit in the media, at times he's critical of the club like a lot of ex-pros often are uh, but he really did um, get it spot on last night that feeling of um Disillusion between supporters and the current events, and maybe like I alluded to with the statement, and maybe things weren't answered. <laughs> that maybe brings in a greater point, maybe off the back of um, what happened in the wake of the Ross County, um, in terms of the club and the statement, maybe the respect between the board and the fans. Now, we know obviously Andy Walker uh, has got a key role in terms of uh, for Sky Sports, but do you think there's a, an argument to be made that? That kind of figurehead in the club, and I know uh, John Paul Taylor does an excellent job with the liaison, uh, the liaison officer. Uh, but do you not think that a kind of ex-player who understands the club at that could be a good buffer between fans and supporters? Because he really did understand that. Obviously, he was very critical of the board, but maybe in the future, is there some 
role there potentially for someone like an Andy Walker who obviously got it spot on last night. I don't. I don't think any of them. I don't think he's a chance to roll now. <laughs> I don't think. Uh, good, luck, good luck. Good luck with that one. <laughs> it's an important. Yeah. The fact that someone that really is a disconnect. I think that's the feeling out of this season and all when the the kind of the final. Yeah, uh, I take. I take your point. I take your point, Youngie. But it, it's listen. Fans are fickle. I mean, they are. I mean, I mean. Listen. Let's go back to four. What four years ago now? Five years ago now. The last season under under Ronnie Dyla and the, the top tier was empty and there was disillusionment and kind of I, I kind of almost a kind of um, uh, a kind of a support that was that needed that just kind of lacked kind of enthusiasm for the club and all that stuff. It was just a bit a bit meh, really, wasn't it? I mean, then and what happens? Brendan Rodgers comes in. There's fifteen thousand folk for his arrival and it's it's party time for for three years. It can change quite quickly. Uh, it happened to go back even further John Barnes season and then Martin Neal comes in same kind of reception and it kicks off things are cyclical it's like they had an appalling season I mean but they've won they won 11-12 trophies and 12 trophies in a row uh, in the good times and they've had an appalling season Um, it's they just need need to suck up I think this year has to be a complete write-off because it's been it's been one thing after another Um. And maybe some things just aren't meant to be. But I take your point. Listen, Andy Walker's a smart guy. I mean, he takes a lot of um, stick of Celtic fans because sometimes, you know what it's like with fans. Sometimes it's like they can say it, but I don't like a lot of people saying it. So if Andy Walker says it, then it's then he's been he's been mean about them. And if, if they say it, it's fine. So, but Celtic fans have been more critical about their club this year than anyone in the media. Anyone. There's nothing. There's nothing anyone can say, whether pundit, journalist, or whatever, that that Celtic fans haven't said themselves. They've been furious this year because this is this is the big this is this one season they've been singing about for years and years and years, and it's gone so spectacularly wrong. I mean, it could not have made up what has happened this year. It's been a complete farce. So they're they're far more angry than any pun that could be. Um, but I, I I know what you mean about liaisons. But the only way to get fans back on board is to win games and win trophies, uh, which they have done for for years. But this year's looking a bit harder. Just you made the one point there about uh, the, the Neil Barnes transition, then Rogers after Dial as well. Would you would you maybe concede that this season they're just these are issues that maybe have been running for a long time and they're kind of coming ahead now. You, in terms of, it, it, there might not even be as, as big a, a sexy manager name in the summer or whatever. It might not be as easy a fix as it has been in the past. That be fair, Mick, or do you still think they can be one over? <laughs> I certainly, I certainly, excuse me. I certainly think they've got they've got big issues to deal with in the, in the summer. I mean, there's, a, there's going to be a big turnover of players. Probably the, the manager's future is still we don't know. That's um, I mean, we'll talk about a, a review in the new year. Well, they picked up one point from six in 2021. Um, so how does that factor in? Um, uh, uh, there's question marks about where the club, the structure of the club. I know there's been attempts to you know, restructure the whole way it works behind the scenes. So there's massive changes. I mean, everything's been built up to this 10 in a row. Um, but what what about beyond? What is the plan beyond 10 in a row? That's what we need to find out now because 10 in a row is gone. I mean, the league's, the league's done. Um, the Scottish Cup might not survive this season either. So that, that might be one we need to worry about later on. So they maybe need to start thinking now what is the longer term plan because at the moment it's um, they're kind of stuck can't they they're kind of floating just now Celtic they're in the middle of nowhere they're kind of it's not just the squad it's isolating the whole the whole club is isolating just now because the changes before the season or do you think more likely to come in the summer well I don't think you can I don't think there's any point 
in changing the manager now, to be honest with you. Um, because, well, listen, in an ideal world, the fact that the fans, if that's the way they want to go, they could do it just now and the guy settled in. But you, it, nobody's going to come in and say they want to be the guy that loses 10 in a row. So you're not going to get anyone just now um, to come in at this point when you're, you're, you're 21 points behind Rangers. And it's, um, unless the, the, the remit says, listen, the league's gone, now's about next year. Uh, but that's a difficult, that's a hard sell. That is a hard sell. Um, well, not and listen. It might not be the case that 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 Neil Lennon's the man that what they see taking forward next summer as well. But it's going to be a massive rebuild. So that means the recruitment department has to do an awful lot better than it's done so far this year. That's for sure. Um, there's huge work, huge work ahead. Take it. It's actually, I mean, pretty amazing really to go from a position of such strength and dominance to such uncertainty and in such a short period of time. It's actually quite incredible. Patsy, what's your thoughts on? The, the lay of the land at present how do you see things playing out before the end of the season just enjoying listening to Mick to be honest with you I mean, all things doom and, doom and gloom I think uh, this is always going to be a season forget everything else the backdrop of the health concerns the virus Celtic if they were going to stumble in the season of seasons then they, the, the flack that would come their way would be intolerable at times and I think Celtic fans are feeling that you know disappointment and you know it's a perfect storm of everything coming together the feelings recruitment everything that's happened the results not not going their way the fact that Rangers have been so resurgent and so so strong I think it's just a perfect storm um, Mick's right you don't concede anything just now um, despite the fact he thinks it's over it's never over Nobody worth a thought was going to come in and be the guy that takes them over the line to that failure if it's to be a failure. But they've, got, they've got massive problems. Um, you know, all big football clubs, they play their fans. They play their fans. The messaging is all designed to kind of cajole and convince them that they're part of a, a special operation in the Celtic family. Celtic family are far too happy, so they're going to have to be very, very careful. Um, and I don't think that this kind of pressing it up is something that it's not it's going to wash. I think there has to be bodies taken. I think that will include the manager, whether it goes to the boardroom or not. Um, who knows? But there has to be changes. There will be changes. Uh, Mick's right. Nobody could have scripted just how bad things are going for Celtic. But so many self-inflicted wounds. So it takes us on. I don't. Th- I think this must be a podcast first, but it's near the end. We actually talk about the game itself that uh, happened. So it was a one-each draw with Hibs. Celtic without 13 players. Neil Lennon at home. Armstrong Okaflex tuning in for the AirPods, getting instructed. It was a bizarre night and a bizarre season. Mick, what was your thoughts on the game? <clears throat> what was the negatives? We've learned about the Celtic team um, that hasn't been there already. What, what did you take for the game last night? Well, uh, it was a strange night. I mean, I think I think as soon as you hear that Celtic have got, have got, have got 13 players out and there's a lot of big names as well, I must admit, the fact that it was Hibs that Celtic were playing, I thought... <laughs> I might go and put, throw some money at Celtic tonight because there's a lot of pressure on Hibs now to go and get a result. Uh, and when Celtic scored, I actually thought that it was, that's that's the way I thought it was going to happen, despite the, the, the lineup. Um, I thought it means Celtic. The one thing Celtic can hang on to just now and cling on to just now is, I think, is David Turnbull. I think in David Turnbull they have got the next big thing in Scottish football. I think he is going to be a proper star. Um, I, I it's not, this is not a new revelation guys like, like Patsy and myself I've watched him at Mullow for years I've been reading about him um, he's a proper player and he's now and you can see him now 
comfortable in that jersey, and he's going to be it, 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 well. No matter who's in charge, or if it's Neil Lennon or whoever is in charge, build your team around him next year. That's he's got to be the first name in the team sheet. Build your team around about him because he is a proper football player. Who is, and it's like going to be a case of enjoying well at last because he is he is destined to go right to the top. This kid. Um, so yeah, that's the one thing that I think Celtic fans can cling on to just now. That's a big positive. But the rest of the performance was was okay. It started badly. Getting used to new, obviously new players and a lot of changes. Hibs started really well. Um, so had a good spell. Then Hibs came back into the end, and um, Celtic, Celtic scored. And I thought that was it over. But then again, defensive frailty. The Celtic again. The goal was. Uh, somebody sitting next to me. It was one of the scouting guys sitting across from us. I said, hey, "Oh, I missed that. What happened there?" And I said, "See every goal you've seen Celtic losing this season. It was like that." <laughs> it was exactly the same a ball a, a free kick out of the box not dealt with the first ball not dealt with the second ball uh, slow reactions poor clearances back of the net it was just deja vu all over again uh, at the back um, so that's something that's just a continual problem it seems to be itself like it's now um, a defensive frailty from set pieces and cross balls um, so yeah Hibs deserved a point I thought they'd put enough into the game um, to, to to deserve it um, so yeah, it was a, it was a kind of t- another, another nail in, in the coffin of the season. I mean, the gap was listen, the gap was twenty two points before the game. It's twenty one points now. Even if they won the game, it was still going to be. I still think they're needing snookers even to be remotely competitive this season. Um, they can't. They just can't get enough points now, even by winning all the games remaining. Um, so it was a, a weird, a weird night and a, and a weird season for Celtic. Partsy. I have to say that it illustrated yet again that the strength and depth of the recruitment in Celtic is beyond open to question. You look at um, Conor Hazard and Goal. I mean, you come out and flaps at that to the death. It's hopeless. Shane Duffy again. Clears the ball like an old man. Straight to Nisbet to finish. Poor player. Poor player. You look at guys, young boys like Cameron Harper, well out of his depth, didn't look anywhere close to being Celtic class, even as a young kid, looked poor. Mikey Johnson hasn't progressed, looks like a wee boy getting shoved off the ball, hasn't progressed, poor. You look at Oxo Flex coming in, never Celtic class, poor. I think Mick's been generous. I thought that the performance, with the exception of Turnbull, really poor. Um, for Celtic standards, whoever's recruiting these these guys needs to have a real look at whether he's good enough and whether his eyes good enough because his talent is not there and there's continual um, talent getting blamed at guys like Duffy who is a poor defender. There's one thing that's kind of my gears part of the, uh, so what the fact that's lacks out right, in recent weeks uh, the Greg Taylor I think Greg Taylor had the difficulty of falling for Tierney which we've spoke about in the past but the difference in levels of performance between Greg Taylor's playing Lactal's recent performance, his crossings, it's been so poor, especially the last two games, it's been it's been noted that way. But do you think that maybe shows as well the fact that Laxal was one of many left back options in the summer? There was Desiglio at Juventus, there was um uh, Backer at PSG, all these big players that uh, players at big clubs that were on the list and they've ended up pumping for uh, Laxal and it just shows that this guy wasn't identified maybe straight away and he, he started to come. <laughs> Can I say that Laxalt's a massive improvement on Greg Taylor. Greg Taylor's running, running the Malcolm Marnock level. How do you get a move to Celtic with the inability on the ball that he's got? I don't, I don't, I don't agree, Patsy. Like I don't agree. to go one-on-one. Celtic players are with their full banks as, as effective wing 
backs, right? So you have to have a determination and ability to go and take on the fullback. He can't do it. He doesn't have a ton of pace and he delivers poor. Laxalt's a more accomplished player. He's better on the on the ball. Um, if you're using Greg Taylor as an example of the declining standards at Celtic, then he's probably perfect because how on earth somebody went and watched him at Kilmarnock and thought he'd be good enough to play for Celtic is beyond me. Mike, you seem to disagree there. Please. I do, I do. I, I think um, I think Mike, Mike, a, good, a good player. I think he's a good player. I don't think he's a full-back. Celtic's approach is to isolate the full-back and whether it's the winger coming inside to allow the full-back to drive and go one-on-one and deliver. When you've got a player at left-back whose first thought is to pass the ball safe backwards, how can that be an improvement? I'm, I'm not not improvement on Kieran Tierney, but not, who 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 would be? Um, but I just think, I mean, Laxell has got pedigree. I mean, he's an AC Milan player, sixty million quid or something cost him or something like that. He's played in Serie A for years. A good little player, but he's, he, to be to be honest with you, I think he has been. I think he's suffered in the environment because he came in and he played in every one of those games. That that two wins and was it two wins in thirteen games run they went. He played in every one of those games. I mean, out the team, and Greg Taylor played when Celtic won those those kind of six games in the bounce, and he's back in the team, and they've, and they've lost another couple, or, or, or failed to win another couple. So his record is, I think he's played about twenty games. Diego Laxell, and I think he's won about about five of them. I mean, it's it's. I, I don't think that you'd be hard pushed to find a Celtic player with a worse record in terms of wins in, in his career. Honestly, it's it's incredible. I don't think it's all his fault. But I think the, the environment I is kind like of for like, right? Brain, I think the life at all. I thought he was. I thought he was appalling last night. Diego Laxalt. I thought he was terrible right. last night. But um, we agree. Um, he yeah. a different level for Greg Taylor, who's got no authority in his game. And you watch him; look, he tries to get through games. You can see it. You can see the classic example of a guy who knows probably that he's in the wrong movie, and he's out of his depth, and he's trying to get through games. There is nothing that I'll see that's uh, going to lift him to a new level. Laxalt, just as, a, as you say, he's got pedigree. He's got an ability on the ball, which is far, far beyond anything that Greg can produce. Yeah, I, I think there is a player in, in Laxalt, but I just think, I, I think he's been, I think he's been, he's sucked into the, the, the misery blender that is Celtic Park this season. Um, I think he arrived at the wrong time and it's just, um, he's been dra- it's drained the life at him because I thought last night he, he looked, he looked a bit lost. Yep. And he has, he has been, been poor of late. Right, um, but, but, Mick, I've just rhymed off a host of names, and we're talking about recruitment, and not one player's come in and enhanced the team. Well, this, is the, this is the problem. This is the problem. The, 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 the signings haven't been good enough. A lot of money spent on guys that, that aren't. I mean, well, David Turnbull was spent, is one person that has improved the team. Um, but apart from him, uh, I mean, the summer signings, I mean, Albina Yeti, who knows, still doesn't look fit. I mean, it looks like a very expensive Nadir uh, Chiefche to me. Um, Barkas, five million quid for a goalie who's not made a save this season. Listen, you, you maybe, maybe give him time, but how long do you give him? Um, and the rest, I don't know. Um, not been great, you're right. Mike, see if your job at Celtic was to go and recruit and identify talent, would you walk away from your job given the fact that this has been a season beyond uh, anything the worst, the, the worst case scenario? No, because you know yourself, partly that the recruitment guys are are the game's great pretenders these days, aren't they? 
they, they identify talent and their other stats and their spreadsheets and their, their Y scouts and all that stuff and they, they pick all these targets. But once they pass on to their manager, it's not their responsibility. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it is, it's no longer, their, no longer their problem. So the recruitment guys are hard to pin down, aren't they? In terms of um, output. Um, because it's, um, they always take a lot of them can talk a good game, uh, recruitment guys. Um, but listen, then you, you look at the um, like Sorrow in the middle of the park, he looks like a player. Um, so that, uh, too many misses, you're right, there's too many misses, and next summer's going to be absolutely crucial. So that if Celtic fans are still with us and the happy thing that we're on here we've got uh, more good news coming to finish off of the day uh, Living's up next and it's a double header the way the fixtures work filling the game that was one of the games that uh, got cancelled earlier on in the season so it's at Celtic Park on Saturday before uh, they head to the Tony Macaroni next week and what about a word for David Martindale's team parts of their just look like the period can't be stopped uh, it's going to be really difficult for Celtic to uh, get back in the, the wind column with that one, isn't it? It's going to be a, a tough game. Can you think of a more problematic scenario for a Celtic team that's bereft of confidence going against a side that give you nothing, that fight for everything, that show exactly what team ethic in football is all about? Organisation. That uh, desire to work together and make life as, as uncomfortable. But more than that, they can, they can play, they can pose a threat, they're scoring goals. Um, David Martindale's the first to admit that he's a guy that's still learning, but he's learning quickly. And the way Livingston are going this season is bringing the rest of the league into disrepute, I think. The budget that they've got and the way they punch above their weight, I think if I'm a Celtic fan and I've got Livingston coming, it is, could be the perfect storm hasn't arrived yet. This could be the eye of the storm. So, what's your next? It's going to be a tough game, isn't it? Especially the Jews. Oh, I mean, Livingston, I mean, I mean, 11 wins out of 12 they've got. I mean, it's incredible record they've got just now. I mean, it's it's phenomenal, and and Livingston are Celtic's worst nightmare right now. I mean, if you're talking about things that Celtic, Celtic struggle with, balls into the box, set pieces. I mean, physicality. I mean, Livingston are Celtic's worst nightmare. This double header is 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 could be traumatic for Celtic in the current form. Um, he wouldn't he wouldn't put money on them, that's for sure against Livingston. I mean, you, think, you just think at some point this run has to come to an end. Um, it's a tough old game for them. Celtic play their best. and But then again, Celtic are going to be still missing 13 players, including Odson Edward, Lee Griffiths, Ryan Christie, Scott Brown, Chris Ayer. I mean, big players like, that are missing. See what you're saying there? Uh, there's, a, yeah. there's, a, there's an argument to be made that Livingston going to the game is favourites. Well, I was going to say, Parsi, do, you know, do you know how far Celtic have fallen this season? But hang on. There's genuinely six or seven players in that Celtic team that played last night. We struggled to get a game for Livingston. Well, I mean, I don't know about that, right? But well, well, listen, who would, would uh, Shane Shane Duffy get a game? Would the goalkeeper get a game? Hazard. Would the young boy Harper get a game? Nowhere near it. Mikey Johnson would struggle at the minute. A wee boy getting like, getting blown like a paper bag down the street. There's so many players at Celtic at the moment um, would struggle to get into that Livingston team. It's a fact. Well, I'm a, well, I don't know how Scott Robinson didn't get Player of the Month for December. I don't know who I don't know who our colleagues were voting for for the, the Player of the Month. Um, I thought he was he's been outstanding in there. Um, but yeah, you're right. But I think do you know what? How do you know? What? It just shows you how far Celtic have gone this year and how far they've fallen. That that nobody would be surprised if Livingston get a result against Celtic at the moment. It wouldn't really shock anyone. 
Um, because I've been looking at it and thinking this looks, looks like a nightmare for Celtic. But they need, they need something to try and get this seat to get at least some sort of signs of optimism at, at Parkhead. But it's going to be tough. It's a tough old game. And it's a team that, that is back to being a, a, a kind of fierce prospect. Um, home or away now as well. So I, getting I, I, away from home. I, was at, I was at a game on Sunday and you've got Effie Ambrose at the back with Big Guthrie. They look solid. They've got Nicky Devlin as a left back. They've got consistency. Um, they've got Pittman in the middle of the park. They've got guys like, uh, you know, you, you mentioned Robinson, just tying... tying Terrific. Terrific. Scored, they, scored again the other night, didn't he? Double given that kind of creative touch. See, when you're talking about guys, a back line of Celtic that's got Duffy and Welsh, give me Guthrie and Ambrose every day of the week. Aye. <laughs> big Effie, big back, big Effie. <laughs> <laughs> the campaign starts here, big back, Michael, Effie. Michael, He's only about, he's about, he must be, he must be your age, Parsi. <laughs> he, he's, a, he's, a, he's one of the first up to get his jags <laughs> just behind you <laughs> so, so I think that'll do us for this week gents I do appreciate <laughs> uh, so just the usual folks you can follow us in the usual places subscribe and rate us there as well thanks very much take care